The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host today, Jason, and we are returning to the topic of anger. We've talked about this for the past few episodes uh, from different vantage points on anger, and today we're going to revisit the topic one more time and look at one last topic on anger, uh, looking to answer the question, when is it good to be angry? And so on this episode, we're going to try to answer that question and see what does righteous anger look like? You've probably heard that term before. We hear it uh, spoken between us sometimes of what does it look like to have righteous anger? Uh, So as we go through that today, uh, we're going to look at some scripture and look at some questions and see how our anger uh, or how is it possible that our anger can actually be good? Um, one of the uh, topics I had uh, read about recently about anger, uh, which was really convicting to me, Jason, was this, is that the author said that there are some situations where if you are not responding in anger, it's actually wrong. Mm. And I thought, wow. wow. Yeah. So we'll kind of dissect that a little bit, but just a little uh, thought to start our episode. But as we begin, uh, uh, let's answer this question and look at look at the question of what does God's anger look like? That's where we need to start. We need to start with God before we look at our own anger or our own righteous anger. So what does God's anger look like? It looks good. (laughs) It looks righteous. <laughs> it, um, it's always directed toward what it should be directed toward. Um, I know we'll get into to more detail, but if you if you think about it, you know God, God's anger is never um, is never uncontrolled. It, it's and it's never um, it's never something that is regretted because somehow he did it without thinking or or you know unduly unrighteously so that one of the ways that we talk about that is we say that he's slow to anger mm-hmm. and a, a passage that we've discussed and thought of is from psalm 103 um, is one iteration of it there's there's others that we see in scripture too particularly i'm thinking in exodus when god reveals himself to Mm -hmm. moses he calls himself uh he kind of reveals himself in the same way but here in psalm 103 verse 8 we're told the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love Mm. Uh, there is no rush to anger it's not this this reactionary, um, you know, act and then think kind of, uh, action on God's part. No, it's, he actually is extremely patient. Uh, he gives us chance after chance, so to speak. There's a lot of yeah. forbearance. 
There's this long suffering heart uh, and merciful heart. Uh, yet at some point there is a time for his anger to be brought out. Uh, but it's, it's slow. He's slow to anger. He is a patient God. Um, which is good news for us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And and you think about that verse. Look at you know, looking at how it describes him, beginning with being merciful and gracious, and then it talks about being slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. They talk about yeah, yeah God's anger is good. It's controlled. It's measured. It's right all the time, and it's all encompassed by all his other attributes that's right um and so uh goes away from the thought of of dividing the old testament of god as an angry judge and and the new testament we see him as you know great gracious he, he's not he, he's well, yeah i mean look at the next verse we, we said 103 verse 8 but just look at the next two verses even you know verse 9 he will not always chide nor will he keep his anger forever, which is mm -hmm. also interesting. It's not just slow to anger, but he doesn't keep that anger. Yeah. It, 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 he, he somehow that, that anger, you know, he says he doesn't keep it forever. And then he says, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. That's that merciful aspect of God. So because we know God is simple in the sense that, you know, he's not made up of component parts and mm -hmm. all these attributes are not actually different attributes that he's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. No, yeah. he, he is, he is God. And as we look at it in his, in his justice, in his anger, he's yet merciful and loving and gracious. And all these things relate to one another uh, really is good news for us. So when we think about how anger the anger of god is expressed in scripture yeah. what are the different examples that we see uh, how do we see god's anger expressed uh, we see a passage here in the old testament but how do we see that in scripture coming out and a good question i think to add on to that or a follow-up question is who is that directed to Oftentimes, when we're seeing these passages, who is the who, where is the anger being directed towards? Yeah, well, we can we can take a look at a, a, a number of passages. Let's look at uh, Luke six thirty five and thirty six, and then we'll we'll jump to Mark as well in a, in a minute. But Luke six uh, thirty five and thirty six. This is the Lord Jesus teaching the people he says but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil be merciful even as your father is merciful so who's the target of his uh kindness <laughs> you know uh, the, the slowness to anger you know those he should be angry with so to speak mm. right it's it's the the evil the wicked me yeah. uh, maybe you too i don't know it depends on the day i guess with you <laughs> but, but he's merciful toward toward the the wicked the 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 sinners um 
the ungrateful. He is kind to the ungrateful. Hmm. What a what a thought, because we are so often ungrateful. As a matter of fact, Romans seems to indicate that hmm. uh, lack of faith and lack of gratitude go hand in hand. And and God, He's merciful toward those very people, which means He's merciful merciful toward humanity. Yeah. We are all wicked and, and sinful uh, by nature. Um, there's another verse we, we were talking about earlier, Psalm 7 um, and verse 11, which is interesting complement to mm-hmm. that thought of his mercy, right? We're told here, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Um, he's merciful. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's gullible. Doesn't mean he's naive. Doesn't mean he doesn't see what's going on. And he is righteous, even in his mercy. Actually, the cross we say is where his mercy and his justice meet. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that some, I'm sure. But but look what it says. A God who feels indignation, that's anger, right? Every day. Why? Because God is, as Habakkuk says, of purer eyes than he can even look upon evil. There is a, a a natural, uh, natural to God reaction to sin. That's necessary by virtue of his holy character. And that is that he hates sin Hmm. and he becomes angry toward that, which requires anger, unrighteousness. What a fascinating thought. (laughs) And it talks about, you know, scripture talks about the wrath of God and it's right. stored up. There's a day uh, when the full weight of that will come upon those who don't believe, yeah. but it's controlled now, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It, right. it, it's in there because sin still abounds everywhere yeah. uh, around us. And so, uh, and this is helpful for us believers to, to grasp God is angry at sin. God does become indignant with sin. God does have a wrath that is rightly deserved by sin mm-hmm. and sinners. Okay. Let's not separate sin from sinners and sinners. We deserve the wrath of God. That's what Christ took. Yes. Christ, we could say in some sense, we can say that Christ took the anger of God in our place. It's not that God doesn't have anger towards sin. It's that Christ took it in place of those who are in him and who have put their hope and, and faith in him. So, yeah, so he's, he does have an anger, and it's righteously put on that which is unrighteous and evil and wicked. Um, but he is slow to anger. He's forbearing. He's patient. He's merciful. Okay. Let, let's look at Mark uh, chapter okay. 3. Because we know that the Lord Jesus uh, reveals to us the Father. And so we want to see Jesus himself in action and see what Christ himself got angry with uh, and see if that helps us understand the Father's anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this comes in the context of healing, where the Lord is going to heal. Um, and and you've got these these religious leaders that are all, you know, looking on and they're, they're trying to trap Jesus. They want him to, to heal so they can get mad at him for healing, which is just a, (laughs) 
ridiculous thought, but it's yes. true. So this is Mark chapter three, uh, starting at verse one. It says, again, he entered the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand and they watched Jesus <laughs> to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored the Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. What a, what a yeah. fantastic passage to show us so many things. One, the wickedness of man. Um, and look how Christ reacts to what, what is he reacting to in anger? It says he, he becomes angry. He looks around at them with anger what is it that he saw in them that caused that anger? He was grieved at the hardness of their hearts. He saw what was stored up on the inside of them. Yep. Their unbelief, their rejection of him, their, their own anger uh, at others, their judgmental, all that was hardening uh, and their, inside. Yes. And their lack of mercy toward this man. Mm -hmm. Right. He, he asked him the question, is it lawful to do good or harm on the Sabbath? And these guys are so full of hate toward Christ that they look past this man who has this withered hand, who needs healing, who needs restoration, who needs their mercy. Yeah. You know, it reminds us elsewhere. The Lord calls out the Pharisees regularly. He goes, you don't do mercy or justice. You're willing to, to tithe on mint and cumin, right? You know, but, but when it comes to real important things, you miss it completely. You don't show any mercy. So he's looking at their hearts, like you said. And, and that angers him, but I like that his anger, it, it's different. It's different than our anger. Mm -hmm. he, he's angry with this reality of their, their hatred toward him and, and their lack of mercy, but it doesn't just stay in that anger. Notice that it, it grieves him. Yeah. Right. Which I think is, is important too. It grieves him. Um, and, and you see that it's, his heart's kind of broken over their their sinfulness um and, and and of course like we said their their lack of mercy yeah so when we look at these examples and we see god's anger we see uh he's slow to anger we see his indignation every day we see how he's uh angry over sin we see how uh, Christ here is angry over uh, their unbelief, their lack of mercy. We see examples. There's many more examples. He turned over tables. He, you know, Jesus expressed anger in different ways in scripture. There's one, I think, important aspect to remember before we think about good anger. And that's um, uh, the question of, is Christ angry at believers? for our sin how how does he view us because a majority of the examples are those who have rejected him yeah but how has that relationship changed for those who are in christ yeah 
Well, I think we alluded to it already when we said God's anger for the believer or the sin of the believer was already taken out on Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, we've passed through judgment. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. His, his anger has been quenched, so to speak. Um, and so we, we don't receive that anger any longer as yeah. believers. That doesn't mean that he doesn't discipline us. That doesn't mean that he doesn't, you know, shape us and form us. And sometimes we go through a purifying fire, it seems, uh, but it's no longer that anger towards sin because that's been paid for in Christ. Yes. And that's an important question that you brought up though, Roger, that's helpful um, for us to think about and remember that gives yeah. us a, a, a certain peace. Yeah. Romans five, one, you know, we've been justified by faith and now we have peace with God. That's absolute peace. It's not a, uh, he's thinking, okay, I'm happy with you today. Tomorrow I'm upset because you sinned again, because then he'd always be upset at us if, right. if we're honest with ourselves. Um, so uh, having that, that assurance that God is not upset, God is not angry, but we can still hold God's character of his anger is important to also, as we pivot toward, well, what is good anger then? Is there something is there something called good anger or righteous anger? Um, because only if we understand uh, God's character and how he deals with anger, are we going to understand our anger? Because we spent three episodes already talking mm-hmm. about uh, the negative aspect of right. our anger. It's all been the, how it's expressed, how, it's un, uh, how it does damage in many different ways. How do we address it? How do we look at it? And now we're talking about the other uh, side of things and looking at, well, what is good anger? Yeah. Because I think it's an important thing to think about. Uh, as I alluded to that question earlier, there are times when we could have been wrong if we're not getting angry at things we should be angry about yeah a a passage that came to mind on this this topic and it's you know it it doesn't quite use the the same language of anger but um, it relates is romans 12 and verse 9 where this is talking about uh you know what a what a christian is like and this is you know after he's laid out salvation now he's gotten to the imperative so he's got, done all the indicatives this is who you are in christ now he's going to okay now live this way and one of the marks of the christian he says let love be genuine mm. abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good abhor that is a strong word mm-hmm loathe it, hate it. Um, that's very closely related to anger. You see that yeah. in, in, in uh, this, the Sermon on the Mount, the way the Lord brings those concepts together, hatred and anger and murder even. <laughs> uh, but, but here, so I, th- I think we, we have to realize a righteous anger requires uh, an unrighteous object, so to speak. So it, it requires that the object, the thing that we're angry with must yes. be truly um, something that God himself abhors. It, it, it's, there's a, a reality that th- this is something that is clearly against the things of God. It is unrighteous, wicked, evil uh, in God's eyes. And not just this personal pet peeve that I have, 
or thing that I think has caused me some frustration or, you know, a lack of comfort. This is a, this is a reality that I think we could see through the lens of uh, God himself. If you look at Isaiah, you know, he, he gets, the Lord gets so upset when we're not merciful to people, you're not taking care of the poor, the widows, the orphans. He, that's what brings about his, his anger. It's this thing that, um, is against God's standards, against God's will, so to speak. I don't know if I'm, I'm capturing it well with that, but I, I, another example, I was thinking of David and Goliath. Hmm. David gets upset rightly at Goliath. Why? Because Goliath is ridiculing God and his people. Yeah. He says, wait a minute, you're, you're going to, David's not upset because he's being made fun of called this, you know, small ruddy little kid or something. No, he says, you're going to come and defy the most high God. How dare you? Um, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. It's good. Good thoughts. I I was just gonna say Jesus in the temple. It's the same thing. He, he's not upset for himself. He's upset for the glory of God, the father. He's upset for the, the gospel. He's upset that, they're, they're buying and selling and keeping mm-hmm. Gentiles out and they're, they're not allowing it to be a house of prayer. Instead, they're, they're making it a, a den of thieves, as, as he says. Uh, Paul in Galatians, I, I was thinking of that one. He gets in Peter's face. Why? It was a gospel issue at stake. Okay. Um, so there, is, there are things to be righteously angry about, and I don't see any of them as being personal. They're all about, when I say personal, in other words, it's not because someone has hurt me. It's always God word. It's always related to God and, and what his heart is and his desires are. Um, so you mean I can't get mad when somebody cuts me off? Or... Well, it depends. Are you trying to get to church to preach? Are they cutting you off to stop you from getting to no? Okay. That's a really good point. <laughs> no. Okay. So let's put some, let's put some examples, real life examples of our world to try to apply some of that, because that's where we live, right? Yeah. We, we see the framework from scripture. We see the objective nature of it, Yeah. but in our personal life, I mean, I'll ask you a question. Yeah. When was the last time you felt righteously angry about something? What, what, what did that look like for you? What was the situation and what was your process of thinking and feeling and, and, and believing in that? Can you remember one? Yeah, I, I'll give an example. Lately, we've been, we've been studying and teaching at our church on, on uh, Wednesday nights on uh, some of these um, LGBT plus uh, issues and trying mm-hmm. to think through what the scriptures teach on these issues and, and what the scriptures say about how as a church, we ought to relate to those people around us that are uh, in that community. And in one of the books, uh, actually Caleb's book, in fact, Caleb mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Fox book, he described a church that yeah. acted in a certain way. Actually, there were a couple accounts, but one, I think he even brought it up when we interviewed him months yeah. ago. But he went to, you know, he was preaching in this church. He took his mom to this church uh, who is a lesbian or was a lesbian. And um, and they said later on, they pulled him aside and said, don't you ever bring anyone like that back to this church again? Yeah. That caused a whole person response in me when I read it. Mm-hmm. It it angered me. 
And it angered me for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons was it just seemed so against the gospel of grace. Yeah. It, I'm not a part of that community. It didn't personally yeah. offend me. No one that I know of, at least in my family, is part of that community. There wasn't a personal connection in that sense. It yeah. was the, the the people made in the image of God connection before, yes. before a God who loves and has this gracious gospel that he's given connection. That was what caused that reaction in me. Um, there's one other part to this though, Roger, it's, it's the object of our anger needs to be a certain kind of object, but the way we express that anger also has to be done righteously. Yeah. I can't now go nuts because I read this thing about this church and like go out there and just start (laughs) ranting and raving and complaining about this. Yeah. What did it do? It caused me to reflect on myself, on our church. Yeah. And if I have an opportunity to address it in some other person's life, I will do so as gently as possible, but firmly. Uh, so you've got both parts. The object of our anger has to be something that is mm-hmm. what God yeah. hates, uh, but it also, the re- our, our, our response and the way we go about showing that anger has to be righteous and that it has to imitate God's anger, slowness mm-hmm. to anger, right? Um careful in the way we express that anger for the person's good. Yeah. It's got to be redemptive uh, mm-hmm. in, in some ways too. So. Yeah, that's good. It's, you know, we think of Proverbs 14, 29, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who have a hasty temper exalts folly. Yeah. Not telling us <laughs> you you aren't supposed to be angry. It's the slow to anger that doesn't explode and doesn't yeah. look foolish. It's controlled as you address truth right. in a calm uh, way um, for something that's objectively uh, something to care about. Yeah, and, and I think one of the tests for me um, always is it, what's the self-interest in it? Mm-hmm. If there's self-interest, other than, okay, this is my God for whom I want to live, okay, yeah. that, that's a pretty pious way of looking at it. I don't always, that's not usually where my anger comes from, right? But when there's self-interest, I have to examine that because that that's not going to be righteous anger. Um, it's when it's for the gospel's sake. You know, P- Paul getting in Peter's face, in a sense, was why he was compromising the gospel. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that he, you know, Paul doesn't get angry when they're preaching at, to, to cause him problems, right? In Philippians, he talks about that. He doesn't get angry that he's like, ah, let the gospel, as long as the gospel is being preached, yeah. great. He gets angry when the gospel is being um, somehow hindered. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how, how so much of our anger is not about what really matters? Oh, yeah. It's all about our desires not getting met, our comforts getting invaded, our rights being taken away. It's all on things that at the, you know, in the big, great scheme of things aren't as that important. They are because we connect the importance to them. They rule us so much. We love it so much that that's what comes out. Yeah. Uh, when those infringe upon us and those acts where we should be angry with, we're not because we're yes. not being ruled by what we should be angry about, but yeah. we're being ruled by our own self-interest instead yeah. of, instead of that, uh, that 
anger over those things God really cares about, gospel issues, the image of God of in every single person, uh, you know, abortion, right. um, and all of these issues that actually are at the heart of God yeah. are not with ruling us. Yeah, and, and even think think about this: Are we more upset over the persecuted church or? just the injustice that we see, you know, we, there's been a great political divide in the United States, right? So much so that Christians have taken a certain side. And Mm -hmm. even when they see injustice, if they see it, that it's advocated or protected or, or talked about by the wrong political side, it's like (laughs) we close our minds to it. Yes. We, if we want to be gospel people, we let the gospel lead not a political party. So if there's people being mistreated, right? Immigrants yep. uh, or whoever being mistreated, it should, co- we, we might not have the same remedy that another political party has. I'm not yep. saying for policy, I'm saying, but just the, the injustice should cause an indignation. Uh, the lack of mercy should cause frustration for us because we're gospel people. We're not one political party or another. Um, and like you said, abortion, that should cause anger and frustration but it should also cause look our our fight isn't against flesh and blood mm-hmm. and i think we got to remember that our anger shouldn't be directed toward those individuals as much as toward maybe the demonic toward satan and his his attempt to rule people and we should fight it with the gospel our anger should lead us to want to promote the gospel if it's the right kind of anger. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. So let's go let's go there and more in depth to that because leading into you know what should we do with our anger? What should we do with our good anger? What what should it lead us toward? It should lead us in a sense to some type of redemption. We should use it as an opportunity to redeem. Yeah. Um, as we talked about Powelson's book a lot in, in our episodes, he had uh, defined good anger as the constructive displeasure of mercy. Mm. Interesting phrase. He puts, he, he has a way with words. And mm. what he tries to get at is that anger uh, is at something that is wrong. Displeasure. Yeah. Something has happened that is wrong, that it could be evil. That's not just or right so what can we construct constructively do that are acts of mercy Um, as he says what can you do to pursue what's just what's right what's good you care enough to to do something about it it doesn't just stay okay i'm just righteously angry look at all the evil in our world look at everything that's wrong that can that can lead us to wrong places too it's not just about being upset over what we should be upset over it's what are you doing with that how are you being led to constructively do something about it so in in some of the examples we've talked about what what do you think well I, i think we we have to keep in mind what the savior himself did he looked, he looked at sin, the, the problem of sin, injustice, wickedness, rebellion, and he came and sacrificed himself to solve that problem. Now, we can't do that because we can't sacrifice ourselves for someone else's sin or our, even our own sin. That's not, but there is something about washing each other's feet, 
There's something about, you know, those who want to be great in the kingdom become the slave of all. There, there's something about um, the call to forgive. All these things come together. So basically live out the gospel in your righteous response to, to sin. Uh, we want to bring about justice. We want to do something. About it. So let's say, you know, um, an example is you, you see abortion and you become angry with it, right? You're, you're angry at what's happening. Well, that doesn't mean go and, and knock off all the abortion clinic doctors, right? That, that would, that seems to me that that would be a sinful response. Instead, find ways, whether it's going to those uh, locations and trying to speak to the women or men, those who are going in to the clinics to, to have an abortion, Maybe it's trying to cultivate a relationship with Planned Parenthood people to talk to them so that they can see the, the wrong in what they're doing. Uh, find different ways to take your anger and put it toward a redemptive use. Um, I don't know. What were some of the other examples that we were thinking about? Yeah, I think of nonprofits that have been started yes, because yeah. of this. There was one that we're connected to. Um, uh, children's hunger fund we work with and their primary uh, focus is on child uh, sex trafficking yeah. um, both uh, they have an international ministry in asia but they just started a ministry out in la for girls here who are being trafficked it's amazing mm -hmm. how big this trade is and what wow. are they doing about it you know, they are rescuing these girls. They started a nonprofit to do that. And they're trying to redeem what uh, is wrong. But you cannot be happy when you think about that. It should cause in you just a, right. an anger over that injustice. So I, I think a lot, of, a lot of things have been created because of that. Yeah. And then it's taking the gospel. We know that, you know, it's, it's the power of the gospel that saves and redeems and changes hearts. It's not us. Right. It's not trying to, uh, you know, trying to address it apart from Christ. Um, if, if, if your anger, if your righteous anger leads you to hate, when, when scripture says, when Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for yeah. those who persecute you and all those. So if it's, if my righteous anger is causing me to hate these people now, there's yeah. something wrong. It should cause me to want to do something about it yeah. for the sake of the kingdom, by the power of his grace and gospel. And generally, it, it like you said, it has to do with advancing his gospel. Um, yeah. It, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think back to, uh, you know, the chaplain uh, that goes into the L.A. jails and that I would I would go with him and we would go and and. And he teaches scripture every single Sunday. He has a service and he had it all through COVID. And every time I go in there, his heart is, you know, these are people who need to hear the gospel. Yes, they have done wrong. Yes, we're upset over the crimes. Yes, they are paying a penalty for what they have done. Nobody is denying any of the wrongdoing or just blinking their eye at it. But at the same time, it's, what, what what can we do to redeem it? They need to hear the gospel. They need right. to hear the truth and have God work so much into their life to change them. So it's taking an anger as something that's right to be angry about, but not leaving it there and just condemning. That's hating the person, that's but right. saying you need to hear the truth 
uh, and I'm here to share it with you. And so I think oftentimes we were separating just being righteously angered from action and, mm-hmm. and, and we need to find a way to act on it. And maybe the first action is just get on your knees, plead before yes. the Lord, Lord, look, you know, you see it, you're breaking my heart for it. And just yeah. seeking the Lord prayer is a powerful tool Absolutely. for us. So Absolutely. And, and in your, when you're kneeling before the Lord in prayer, comes this thought, but for the grace of God, that would be me. Amen. Yeah. Right. I'm not better than this person that I'm getting angry with. I just Mm -hmm. have the grace of God that's changed me. And we want Mm -hmm. them to have that same grace too. Uh, God, you know, redeems and changes, and we want them to experience that as well. Because again, our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's against these powers and principalities. And there is hope if they hear the gospel. Uh, and so, yeah, get on your knees in prayer, pray that the Lord give you wisdom, guide you, give you forgiveness in your heart and a passion. Maybe he'll give you passion, not just for those who are broken, you know, over someone else's evil and wickedness, but maybe he'll give you compassion for the evil and wicked mm-hmm. and you'll find a way to go minister to them Yeah, uh, because that's what Christ did for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Well, this is such a uh, good topic that we have been talking about over these episodes, all these yeah. different angles. And, you know, we're just scratching the surface of, yeah. of, of this because we know it affects so much of life. How much is driven in our day by anger, primarily negative, um, bad anger. Rarely do we see good anger, but we do see glimpses of it. Um, um, and as we've talked through this, I think it's been helpful uh, just in our own lives, thinking about yeah. it, it's just, it just feels so convicted over how, how often, you know, if I look it just the dumb things I get angry about, I mean, yeah. we just look, yeah, it's just, yep. And the important things we don't seem to get angry about. Yes. And the few times we do, or even if we get angry about the right thing, it turns into the, into the wrong type of anger because right. we're not responding uh, yeah. in a way that is, is helpful to actually redeem it and do something about it. It's yeah. a reminder again, just another reminder of how much we need Christ and how we need to find our righteousness in him and Amen. not in ourselves. If we're looking and saying, you know, look, I'm a calm person. I don't struggle with this. <laughs> you know, we're, we're forgetting that that's not our hope. Our hope is in his righteousness uh, and resting in him and that he helps us to deal with this because it's something that is so common to all of us um, that we can't avoid it. We can't avoid yeah. our own hearts and those around us. But as we kind of end this series that we've done on anger and thinking of good anger, I'll give you the last word and any last thoughts on yeah. On this topic, wrap it all up for us. Well, by giving me the last word, you're making me a little angry. Uh, we didn't talk. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I'll just kind of piggyback on what you said. The the perc- What's convicting for me is the percentage of time, the percentage of my anger that's righteous. It is so low. It is such a low percentage. And my prayer is that the Lord will help me to... Um, allow my he would allow my heart to break for the things that break his Mm. and allow me to have the kind of forgiveness and patience in every other situation uh that i would 
you know, as John the Baptist said, I will decrease and he will increase because I think anger is all about this self self-interest selfishness. Um, and, and the gospel is calling us to selflessness. Hmm. And uh, that's my hope and prayer personally for me and, and for all of our listeners as well. Amen. Well, we hope uh, that you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. If you uh, enjoyed the episode, please share with your friends, subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes. And if we happen to make you angry at all, you know where to reach us, Pastor Jason. (laughs) But we hope you will uh, join us next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.